<clears throat> died for all of us. Uh, he did for us what uh, we could not do for ourselves. He took our sins away. And one of the amazing th- uh, things about our Lord is his heart of service. The one being who ever walked this earth who could expect and deserve our total submission and therefore our total service, we find walking among everyday people doing good to them and pointing to them to what will fill their hearts with joy and teaching his disciples the startling truth, one among many, which was that he came not to be served, but to serve. And the truth of that statement came home to me a few years ago when I read an article in which a pastor wrote that Jesus never modeled servanthood. He was a servant. He was not pretending or putting on a show. He was not merely showing us how it was done. He really was serving us. And that becomes even more amazing when we remember what Jesus taught us when he said he never did anything that he did not see his heavenly Father doing. The God who created everything which is, to whom all creation will give an account from the most humble peasant to the greatest king of all of the earth and beyond that to the angels and archangels, the God who holds the universe together by the power of his word is at heart a servant. Now I have to tell you, I don't think this really ought to surprise us, though it does, and I think it does because we're so twisted in our sinfulness, but it shouldn't surprise because God is love and love always has the best interest at heart of the one who's loved. And it always seeks to do good to him or her, although sometimes that good has to be expressed in discipline or hardship. And the Lord's Supper is a reminder of the extent of his love and of how far he would go to serve us by saving us. Those of us who have put our faith in Christ and what he did on that cross... Well, we've been saved from hell. He has paid the penalty for our sin, and he has saved us from the power of sin. Now, we do still struggle with it. See, we've been given new life. We're a new creation, created in Christ to do good works, and, and we are now not what we used to be. And the word tells us Christ is now being formed in us. That is, God is in the process of making us more and more like his son. And if that's the case, and it is, then we can say that we too ought to be ready to serve. Which is one of the main truths uh, incorporated in our vision statement, which we capture with the four bullet points, honor, grow, serve, Share. Honor God, grow in the faith, serve others, and share the word. 
As followers of Jesus Christ, we are to serve others. And the text which will help us to better understand that this morning is found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. And I want to invite you to join me there now, please. And of course, uh, we'll have it up on the screen on either side of me. 1 Peter chapter 4. Now, this passage is one of those which God used years ago now to help clear up a misunderstanding which had crept into the church. You know, many churches and the people within them had come to think that ministry was the exclusive duty of the clergy. They thought that the pastor, or in the case of some churches, the priests, were the ones who did the ministry while everyone else merely was on the receiving end. At best, they were to be observers of what God was doing through other people, a kind of passive participant, much like watching a football game, which I know many of you will be doing later today. Yet the Bible is clear. Every one of us, if we may put it this way, is to get into the game. And so we read at the beginning of verse 10 in our passage, each of you. Peter is talking to everyone in the church, everyone who's a believer, and he could hardly be more clear here. Each of you means exactly what it says. Every person who names the name of Christ is included in what God says to us through his word here. And what he says is this. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. So we learn here that not only is each believer to serve others, but we are also given what we need to follow through. And so this text, among many others, tells us that there are gifts that God has given to each one of his people so that we may serve others. And those others, by the way, are both those inside and outside of the faith. Now, none of us has all of the uh, same, uh, all of the spiritual gifts. No one has all of the gifts, and uh, we don't all have the same gifts. God gives one person this gift and another person that one. Uh, but all, and not just most, but all have received more than one gift. But every gift is given by God according to his will and purpose. He has made you, and he's made me in the way he did, so that you could serve him and his people and others in the manner that he intends, just as he made me and made Pastor Jim and other pastors to serve him in the way that we do. Now, you'll be able to understand this if you, again, think of a football game and I'm sorry to do this. I, I, you know, I don't use a whole lot of sports illustrations, but, uh, but this does fit today, and so I'm going to use it. And it really does help us to understand it. We know the Super Bowl is being played today, and it really is a helpful illustration. I mean, every team is made up of a lot of players with different skill sets. There's the offense and the defense. There's the quarterback and the receivers and the backs and the linemen and the kicker, and it takes all of them to make a team and all of them to accomplish their goal. And so we, all of us, have different gifts. We may teach or lead or encourage or help or any one of a hundred other things, but it takes all of us here to make a church and all of us to accomplish our goal, which is to advance the kingdom of God. 
And I, and I want to note something about what Peter is saying here, what he's telling us. is so If you've been around a church for any length of time, then you know that each person, uh, when they come to faith, when they're born again, when they have first put their trust in Christ and his work on the cross, every one of us is given at least one spiritual gift, right? I mean, you know that. Only believers have them, and they're given by the Spirit when we enter God's family. And we're to use those gifts to advance God's kingdom. Each one of us, we're expected to be a part of God's work. But, you know, we also have natural talents uh, or gifts, the kinds of things that all people have, which were given to them even at their birth, which they have had since they were babies. Those gifts, too are to be used to advance God's kingdom. For example, a person who can sing had that ability before he or she came to Christ, but they ought to use that for Christ. So the spiritual gift they have may be encouragement, and they use that natural talent, and they sing, and they encourage other people that way. Each one of us have gifts, both natural and spiritual, which we are to use to serve other people. And we're to do so, at least uh, in part, we're to do so because we're told that we ought to do that. And we're to do so because the last part of verse 10 tells us that we do it as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You know, a steward is someone who is given charge, a responsibility. And the charge that we're given is to serve others. The gifts we're given uh, are given to us so we can do that very thing. The gifts are an expression of God's grace coming in different forms to each one of us, to other people. We become channels of God's grace, and, and he does good to other people through us. That's a rather important position, don't you think? That God would allow his grace to flow through us, through our gifts. And it would be good if we're found faithful in doing that. Otherwise, well, God is God after all. And um, if we're not faithful, he has his way of addressing that. See, God's intention is to use his people to be channels of his grace and goodness to others by using the gifts that God has given us to serve them. The Bible has a couple more things to say to us about God's intention this morning, and, uh, and it's as it has been expressed to us in verse 10. Verse 11 tells us more, uh, but I, that first sentence, I think, is uh, partly at least misunderstood. Let me read it to you. If anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. You know, I think most people, when they read that, think this is talking about pastors and teachers. And most certainly, it does indeed include them. I mean, it really is an awesome responsibility to bring God's word to others. But I want you to know it's not limited to just those people. In truth, these words are addressing every Christian. So we're Christians... 
we believe in Christ and we represent him to other people and that includes the things that we say and it's especially so when we are being uh, channels of his grace and so when we talk and we all do talk you know then we ought to do it as though we're speaking God's words on his behalf speaking his very words now I think that might be a little daunting to you I I, I I think it would be to me, too, if I was hearing this for the first time. But it really may not be as hard as you think. Uh, let me see if I can help a little bit. You know, when I first became a Christian, I, I remember how I felt when I read the words of Jesus when he said that we would give an answer for every careless word we spoke. And I thought to myself, how am I ever going to live? How can I watch every word which I say? It really seemed impossible to me. But God was gracious to me. He helped me to understand how to go about it. You see, Jesus also taught us that the things that come out of our mouth are the very things which are in our heart. And though being a gatekeeper of the things that I say seemed impossible. I can guard my heart with God's help, and I can fill my heart with good things so that good things come out when I speak. Now, of course, I'm still a sinner, so I still fail, but when I do, I repent, and I get back up, and I start again. And see, when we try to fill our hearts with those good things, you know what we find happening? We find that we have God's help. We, we find that God is already working there in our heart. You see, he goes to the root of the problem. He doesn't merely address the symptom. So God will help you if you guard your heart so that the things that come out of your mouth will be pleasing to him. And you represent him wherever you go. And that's why the apostle says here, speak as though you're speaking the very words of God. And especially when in one manner or another, his grace is flowing through you to other people. One more thought about speaking in God's behalf. We really need to be led by the Spirit here. And there are times when we need to serve in silence. But I have to tell you, when it's possible, when, when God uses us as his channel of grace, then we ought to be ready and willing to give the credit to God. He calls us to serve. He gives us the gifts that we need to do that. God's made us channels of his grace so we can serve other people. And as we do... Our words represent them, so we have to take care. We have to take that truth to heart. And then that next sentence in verse 11 also applies to everyone. We read there, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Uh, Maybe a better translation would be what the New American Standard says here. It says, whoever serves, let him do so by the strength which God supplies. Because we know, don't we? We all, all are called to serve, to do just that, to serve. We've already been told that in this text. See, God calls us to serve others. He's given us the gifts that we need to use, and he provides the strength so that we can 
sir. And I, I really believe there's real insight in that. You see, at first glance, it may seem as though it's possible to serve God in our own strength and power. I think the truth is the best we can do without his strength is attempt to serve him. One real problem is our strength is limited and we will grow weary. And I also think that because of the fall, without God's help, we would in some way deform his grace as it passed through us if we didn't have his strength. And then too, we might grow prideful. We might end up thinking, look what I did in my own power. And that was Satan's downfall, and we don't want to go down that path. If we rely on ourselves, we're placing our trust in the wrong place. We need to put our faith in God instead. We should rely on him. See, God provides the strength we need in order to serve him. And this means, for me anyway, it means that I can walk by faith with him day in and day out and not be frozen by my own fears or by my perfectionistic tendencies. It means for all of us that God will enable us to do that very thing which you or I think he's calling us to do. You know, the results are not our responsibility. What we need to do is take that first step and we will find that God will strengthen us in every successive step after that. God calls each one of us to serve. He's given us the gifts we need to do so and we become channels of his grace. And when we speak, we represent him to the world around us. And as we serve... We're to lean on him. When we do all of that, when we do all of that, we glorify God, as the rest of verse 11 says, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So we represent Christ when we speak, and God gives us the strength that we need to serve other people, that we can bring glory to God. We bring glory to God when we do that. We bring glory to God when we advance his kingdom. We bring glory to God when we help others to come to Christ. Or if they're already our believers, if we help them to grow and become more like him. That's the purpose. That's, that's what we aim at. It's why we do what we do. It's not just to be nice. It's not to be light. The truth is, when we serve Christ, we often upset some people. But in doing this, if we do it and really do it, we make a real difference in our world and in eternity. There's one more thing to say before we bring our time together to a close. You know don't you? That love got everything started. God, in eternity past, before there was anything else, enjoyed love in the Trinity. The Father loving the Son and the Spirit, the Son loving the Spirit and the Father, the Spirit loving the Father and the Son. And God, in his goodness, wanted to share that love with others. And so he created humankind. 
He made us in his image with the ability to love one another and to love God himself so that that joy would abound in all that he made. And yet love is only love when it's freely given. And to be free to love is also to be free not to love. And so we had a choice, just as we have a choice every single day of our lives. Sin became a possibility. And then it became the all too awful reality when our first parents chose themselves rather than God. And every evil thing in our world today is in our world because of sin, because of not loving God. But God chose better. You see, with the, with what I don't even know how to describe, but, but to say with just kind of a mere wave of his hand, he could have ended all evil right then and there. But he chose something harder. He chose to redeem us out of the evil that we had walked into and from the evil inside of our hearts. He chose to save us at a great cost to himself. The only way he could save us at the price of the death of his son, the son that he loved and had loved for all eternity. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever should believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. See, love won out. And it is why we do what we do. You know, service without love is mere legalism. And love without purpose and service is mere emotion. But love expressed through service with the purpose of advancing God's kingdom, done in love, is life-changing and eternity-altering. And so, my friends, I say to you, honor God. Grow in the faith. Serve others. And share the word. You will never be sorry you did. And we do not know who will benefit from your service. Would you bow with me now as I pray? Now, may the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good thing for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Father, we come to you and submit ourselves to you We ask that you would help us 
to serve others because of your love the love that you are instilling in us help us to speak in a way that honors you help us to find the strength that you offer that we might be genuine channels of your grace to others and it's in Jesus name that we pray Amen Let's stand one more time. Hold on one second. We got something special for you. Go ahead. Have a seat real quick. Today is Volunteer Appreciation Day, um, and uh, we are just so thankful for each one of you that have volunteered in any sort of way, um, and not just this year, throughout the years. This is something that we're going to do on an annual basis uh, because you are just vital. You know, we we're talking about service today. Um, you serving God makes such a huge difference. Um, and uh, we are, the staff, myself, Pastor Larry, uh, Bonnie, and Laura, uh, we are forever grateful for you. And so we just have a short video that we want to show you, um, and then we're going to go back uh, and, and have a nice meal. So if you'll show that video.
You know, thank you honestly doesn't seem like it's even close to enough. And this short video with just a few pictures doesn't even scratch the surface to how much you all have done and how much you all have given. And so we honor you today. And ultimately, because we're honoring you, we're honoring God because you are serving God. And so we're just so thankful for you. And so I know you guys have, uh, have RSVP'd throughout the last couple of weeks uh, for a meal. Uh, it's going to be set up down in the youth room. And uh, I just want to uh, pray for our meal. So would you stand with me? as we close this morning. And after I'm done praying, you guys can head down. Here, here's what's going to happen is, as you're going down to your, to your right uh, is where the food is going to be. Just beyond my office, if you know where that is, to your right, you go in, you get your food and go out and go down to the youth room. We have tables set up down there. Uh, also, don't forget, uh, last day to sign up for uh, the life groups as well. So let's pray for our meal. Would you bow with me? Our God, we are so grateful for who you are. We're so grateful for the people that you bring to us. We're thankful for just their faithfulness and their willingness to serve and to serve you uh, for your glory and your honor. Lord, we just pray for this meal. Lord, we thank you for the food and we just pray you bless it to our bodies and help us to enjoy our company. And again, thank you so much for what you do. It's in your name we ask all these things. Amen.